it's a very special episode today. Episode 69. It's a special number because that's exactly how many dates I've been on with Tabletop Tim. Things are getting very serious. We have a cat. Anyway, thank you to Scribbles and Carlo for your continued support. Hello, welcome to the Folly Bad Podcast, a podcast which is definitely bad. I'm Pencil. I'm Paper. Today's Probably Bad RPG idea is... You play a LARPing group. Alas, you live in a standard superhero world. During a major supervillain attack, you're mistaken for a superhero team, and now you have to figure out a way to stop the Legion of Doom and their robot army. So it's basically Galaxy Quest with superheroes. Which I would say is the best idea ever made. <laughs> like... Just because I love the idea of having, like, I think it works better if superheroes have, like, you know, relatively subtle power. Like, so suppose you have one whose power is they're indestructible. Mm-hmm. And obviously you're not indestructible. You're, you're fully destructible. Um, but you have to bluff the whole time, but you can't be harmed by attacks, when in fact if anyone takes a swing at you, that's it, game over. I like that. I also like... If you're laughing as superheroes in a superhero world, first off, you kind of brought this on yourself. <clears throat> but secondly, what if you don't actually understand how superpowers work? Like, you've got your own system for your group that you use? That's actually a fair point, because like, a lot of superhero settings do sort of assume that superpowers... Like, they treat superheroes the same way the real world treats superheroes, which is kind of weird. Mm. Given that, you know, just like, oh, yes, um, everyone went as as Superman for Halloween. It's like, yeah, everyone went as Steve for Halloween yesterday. Halloween was yesterday. That's the thing, like... Just... Ignoring the LARPing part, mm. just the fact that these supervillains are assuming that you know how powers work yeah. could, be, could be a problem for either you or them, because it could be that they've assumed that you will make certain assumptions, which you then won't. So it's that whole thing of the most dangerous person to sword fight is someone that's never picked up a sword before because you don't know what they're going to do. Mm. But on the other hand, you might get blown up in the first two seconds. Like, yeah, it's you're just like, yeah, I can, I can use my power to vaporize your face, and they're like, we all know that you can only vaporize elbows. It's written in the superhero manual. <laughs> uh, when you get superpower, I've done a lot of scientific tests. Yeah, you cannot vaporize anything which contains a bone. Mm. Speak, yeah, I, I mean, I feel, I feel supervillains probably do do a lot of scientific tests on what you can vaporise. That's got to be, like, supervillain 101. It's got to be kidnapping a low-level hero and just figuring stuff out. Hmm. Yeah, because, like, so you've got a fast-talking thing of, like, ah, yes, when I said fire control, which, as we all know, isn't possible, what I actually meant was heat control. Mm-hmm. Um... You've got just the sheer burn. Oh, no, I can control fire. Yes, I have defied the laws of super physics. 
Or you've got the, I can control fire, and when they're laughing at how silly your plan is, you hit them with the baseball bat in your other hand. <laughs> I mean, that is always an option. They're not going to expect mundane violence. Hmm. I just like the idea of, like, yeah, you're some kind of, like, you're mistaken for someone who's got, uh, I don't know, let's say super speed, and they're like, aha! You, haha, Superman, I have covered the floor with slick oil, so you can't use yours and then you pull out a gun. <laughs> haha, Superman, I've trapped you in this cardboard box with some kryptonite. Now you're stuck. Um, can I can I get like a cup of coffee or something if I'm gonna be in here a while? Why are you not unconscious? That point really had like, you know, you're like, yeah, you I think you're Superman, you just throw they throw crypto at you, you're just like the fuck am I meant to do with this? And everyone just immediately surrenders. <laughs> Either surrenders or like traps you in a regular cage and goes and has a word with their kryptonite supplier, <laughs> which may or may not involve a laser cannon. I love the idea of Superman being, uh, of Lex Luthor being defeated because he got lackluster kryptonite. Yeah, I actually just I actually just went to a new age store, brought some crystals and painted them green. Who's going to tell the difference? Thought it'd be like a placebo kryptonite. <laughs> I also love the idea that Superman's weakness to kryptonite is like entirely psychosomatic. I'm not saying it's psychosomatic, I'm saying the the I guess it'd be the nocebo effect. Mm. It's very powerful. <laughs> Kryptonians have a supernaturally enhanced nocebo effect, just like they have a supernaturally enhanced everything else. <laughs> they actually only have a supernaturally enhanced placebo effect, and Superman has no real powers other than his belief he does. I mean, the placebo effect does still work if you know it's a placebo. Mm. Well, actually, I kind of want to see as a superhero character. Well, the next time we play Mutants of Masterminds, my character will be placebo. Yeah, so I feel like for this one to work, it would have to rely a lot on bluffing the supervillains. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think, like, yeah, the question is, does it, like, work better if you're mistaken for existing superheroes? Or if they assume you're a new group of superheroes? I think it depends. Because, like, not to bring it back to Galaxy Quest... But that basically only works because the aliens have based what they're doing around the show. So I, th I think there's there's a thing of ah well this is this is what Superman would do so this is what I'm gonna try and do, but I think it would be more fun to play if they've gone oh these people look like superheroes they'll do mm. yeah. I just, I like sort of going full Galaxy Quest of, like, aliens have invaded Earth, but for some reason they only know Earth culture through the MCU, which probably is why they invaded us. Um, and so they are, like, attacking us as super-hit villains. And so to avoid them realising that's a bad plan and just shooting us with our space laser, we've got to play along, and you're a bunch of LARPers who have to do that. Quick, we need the most generic LARPA you have. <laughs> Please get us your most generic white men and one woman with a tragic backstory. <laughs> but yeah, I think, yeah, because like, if you're sort of, you know, 
new superheroes, quote unquote, then you've got a lot more space for bluffing and mm. sort of like, ah, but what you don't realise is I also have the power to change the past and I've won this fight 15 times already. There is also, I think, the option of being like, look, I'm I'm new to this, I'm still figuring out my powers, give me a moment. <laughs> So your plan is our plan is to like pretend to be superheroes, pretend to be incredibly new and incompetent superheroes. Bluffing and stalling for time. <laughs> These are the real superpowers. So I I also like to like you have an actual superhero team. But you have one guy on it who is just a LARPer. So you're not only trying to bluff the villain, you're trying to bluff the other heroes. Wandered into the wrong building by accident, and now he's here. It's sort of like werewolf. <laughs> it's like it's it's reverse werewolf. Hmm. It's like werewolf. Um, except the werewolf isn't trying to like kill anyone. It's like werewolf, except everyone's a werewolf except for one villager who does not want to be eaten. Yeah, reverse yeah. werewolf. Oh yeah, I can I can totally feel the power of the moon. Rawr. <laughs> you just show up with like a plastic werewolf mask and know everyone's too dumb in a wolf form to realise what you're doing. Actually thinking about it. <laughs> if the one non-superhero is someone who was like dressed up as a superhero, is it like four werewolves and a furry? <laughs> four werewolves and a furry is my new favourite sitcom coming to Netflix this fall. <laughs> It will do exactly two series and then be mysteriously cancelled. Yeah, I just, I think I'd like the idea of like, you know, you can span this out, you know, fairly easily to an adventuring party or a space rescue mission or what have you. Mm -hmm. But I do just love the idea of you're just wildly inept dumbasses who have to pretend that you know what you're doing as just a general idea. I honestly think there is some mileage to it. Yeah, like... I I kind of want to play this as a one-shot. Yeah, like, I don't think you make a full campaign, but you could easily do... I mean, I guess you could even do it in a full campaign as a, you've lost your powers and you have to pretend that you haven't. Yeah, like, I can see it as a mini-campaign where the goal is to find, like, mm. get your powers back while also dealing with various low-level villains. An idea for, like, making it into, like, a bigger campaign? You, yeah, yeah. You do have powers, or all of you have just got powers. Mm -hmm. You don't know what they are. And now you need to A, fight the villains, B, figure out what you can actually do, and C, um, not die. Yeah, I like this a lot. Like, maybe you would need like some kind of, like, so, like, you know you can control some kind of element. You don't know which one. You choose to try fire last. Because <laughs> as we all know, you can't control fire. I mean, no, I was you... just thinking more, if it goes wrong, that's <laughs> the one that's going to go the wrongest. <laughs> you know, YOLO, I'm going to set myself on fire and either I find out my power or I get the new power of dead. The power of dead compels you. Yeah, there was 
Yeah, so I think, yeah, there's that. The other alternate way is, like, you've got really crappy powers you need to bluff that they're more powerful than they are. Like, there's a lot of different ways you can do this idea. Yeah, like, ah, I have control over the elements. The element of copper. <laughs> you can throw coins at people. That's true. What's a, what's a worse element? Neon. <laughs> Power of a neon. I love it. So many ideas for terrible mutants and masterminds characters like, that will get killed in the first session. Like Avatar: Last Airbending, where there's elements nations, except there's two hundred and there's one for each chemical element. <laughs> no one goes to Uranium Town. I'm to the Helium Kingdom. <laughs> Everything changed when the Helium Kingdom attacked after it got sick of everyone making fun of their very very silly noises voices. Like one of my one of my friends in a mutant masterminds thing did just like roll to see what element they got control of when they got powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got argon. Um, so pretty much as bad as neon. Yeah, although like they were able to like you know there is argon in the air, so they're able to use it like for perception, so they could sense where things were based on the argon moving around them. So it wasn't completely useless, but yeah, it's kind of hard to beat someone to death with argon. What is argon? Like, argon must be used for something, right? Argon is primarily used... Are you also looking up what argon, what no. argon is for? Uh, it's used in an earth shielding gas in welding. Uh, so it's basically used in situations where you want a gas that doesn't do anything. Spectacular. <laughs> like, if you want something that's specifically useless... That is that may be the worst element to have control over. Um, if you can think of a worse element, do send it in. Yeah, just just tweet at us an an element with no context. We'll know what it what it <laughs> means. So I'm expanding on that because, like you know, most superpowers are sort of rated in usefulness based on their utility in combat. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, yeah, I've got the power to hide from bureaucracy. It's really useful. It's not helping a lot when a man in a metal suit is beating me to a pulp, but it's very useful. But the good news is the government will never know I died. <laughs> <laughs> Immortality, because it's impossible to confirm that you're dead. I'm immortal in the sense of legally I am not permitted to die. <laughs> Everyone just agrees to pretend I'm still there. I weirdly like, I have the power that, like, I can die, but no one will ever believe that I am dead. <laughs> they all just assume I'm hiding somewhere. I mean, I like the idea of a superpower that's just going to mess with people, so I think, I think I'm into this. Your arc enemy has the power that, like, everyone assumes they are dead when they are not. Which means people will think they've already been defeated. You win by doing nothing. <laughs> I like this, these superhero fights, because, like, there's no way to actually determine who is winning them. <laughs> I really like the power that everyone assumes you lose, even when you've actually succeeded your goals. Like, everyone remembers it as you getting completely defeated. 
no matter what the actual result was. So it won't do... They will never ask you to do anything. Yeah, I mean, like, it won't do much for your respect, but it would be pretty good for a supervillain as you walk and steal all the money and, like, yeah, no, we caught all of their money. Uh, we, we stopped them, beat them up, and got all the money back. We caught all of their money. Yeah, that was that was the right sentence. When you steal money, what you do is you open a money bag and it runs away and the police have to run out and catch it. Yeah. But I do like if you're taking over the world and everyone being like, yeah, no, they were overthrown ages ago. While your troops are still marching down the street. <laughs> You've got some good superheroes. Yeah. Um, I mean, not helpful, but... No, they're not helpful at all. So our first question, which I think is one that's mostly for pencil on the basis that the answer to the first part for me is just no, um, from Aurora. Have you guys ever played a solo RPG? I've never played one before. I wanted to know if you had any recommendations for systems or advice for playing. So the right answer is yes, in stark contrast, stark contrast to paper. Um, yeah, uh, the one main one I play is um, Wretched and Alone, because it is also an accurate description of my life at any given time. Like, I think the main sort of thing, so in terms of actual advice, where I come on to deliberately bad advice in order to avoid legal consequences, is, yeah, like, it can get a bit silly, so you can, I mean, it can start off feeling a bit silly that you're sitting alone in a room, so just get over that, stop that. I think putting on, like, yeah, music and other kind of mood setting things are helpful for getting over that kind of sense of, am I just sitting in a room writing things to myself and rolling dice like a dumbass? Yeah, Wretched Alone is the main one I do, and that is... Quite good and not always as bleak as it as like the name implies. And literally, if you just go itch.io and search for solo RPGs, there will be dozens, quite a lot of them free or community um, community content, which means that you can get them for free uh, if you're not if you don't think you could pay the price. And there are lots of them. And they are quite I'm sorry fun. you phrased that so threateningly. Yes. Get them. <laughs> if you don't think you can pay the price. <laughs> they only cost your soul. Yes, uh, a lot of them will cost your firstborn child, but don't worry, there's usually ways around that. So yeah, those are what I would say. Um, blah, 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 blah. Those are what I would say. Uh, in terms of bad advice, just bring one to, like, your proper RPG. Sit there and play it while everyone else is doing D&D. Go to your local game store and just sit in the corner, refusing to talk to anyone. Like, yeah, the sort of advantage of solo RPGs is obviously they don't really need much planning and pre-preparation as long as you have some paper and some dice. So you can just do them any time, you know, court session, doctor's appointment, during open heart surgery, like any time you want, just sit down and start pretending to be a goblin. Can I do that anyway? You actually don't even need the RPG any time you can just sit down and start being a goblin. It's not a crime or anything. 
But yeah, um, so yeah, Wretched Alone is the main one uh, I have done also. Um, I tried to remember what it was called, because it is... Is AI Dungeon one? Is that what, that, what AI Dungeon is? AI Dungeon is more of um, a procedurally generated kind of one. So it is a solo RPG. Um, it does, in a sense, you don't need a player. Uh, but it is sort of creating it itself with an AI, whereas these are more pen... These are more pencil and paper ones. What's it called? I think it's just called Alone in an X, with X being, you know, a spaceship or a forest or a social interaction where you don't want to talk to anyone. It's a good way of, like, signaling to someone that you don't want to talk to them anymore. I like the, the theme of a lot of these seems to be being alone while pretending to be alone. Yeah. Like, you know, it's... I am, you know, if you're already sad and lonely, you might as well, like, role-play someone you know. Yeah, you know, play what you know. I'm not actually sad and lonely. I'm just playing a game of my own while sad. Luckily, I'm always sad and lonely, so it all works out for me. That was sadder than I meant it to be, but here we are. Like, there are nicer ones. There is one where you play Miette the cat, which I really That's like. I, I should clarify, I'm not judging people playing solo RPGs. Like, most video games are technically solo RPGs. Yeah, like, everything's a solo RPG if you're I'm, antisocial enough. I'm just enough. saying that these ones have very lonely names. Yeah, the premise is, like, because a lot of them are based on, like, you know, you're trapped in X situation and you must survive. And the Miette one is, your owners have not fed you for an hour and thus clearly they are monsters and wish for you to starve and you must, like, awake the last fragments of sympathy in their hearts. That's fun. That sounds like one that you and Nick would come up with. It does. Sadly, we can't use it because it belongs to someone else. But yes, so, yeah, just, just start playing them whenever. Someone's talking to you about something obnoxious, you don't want to continue the conversation, just pull one out and start playing a solo RPG in front of them. Being arrested? Just open up your laptop. Yeah. Legally, they cannot arrest you until you've finished your RPG. Like, I do like the idea of solo RPGs in the sense of you set up a full D&D campaign where you're playing everyone. It reminds... This is going to sound really sad. Um... It, it reminds me of being a little kid and, like, setting up the Monopoly board and just playing as multiple players with different strategies to see which one would win. What What was the best Monopoly strategy? Um, going, this is stupid, and going to watch TV instead. What's the best Monopoly strategy? See, and you say you don't learn things from this podcast. I mean, I was, like, six yeah, at this you... point. <laughs> I think what I, I think the trouble is like I think at this point I've invented writing, like I've invented making a novel, and a lot of solo RPGs are kind of like guide more guided writing exercises. But you know, as long as you're having fun, that's what matters. Yeah, nothing else. Nothing else matters. If you think it's fun to eat babies, mod paper gives you official like permission. No. <laughs> please, 
Please continue listening for more slander RPG ideas. <laughs> um, speaking of RPGs, we have another question. Um, from Victory Jams. I have a roleplay server on Discord, and sometimes we roll dice to decide what to do. We once flipped a coin to decide whether or not we'd turn Howard Wienerman from Randy Cunningham, Ninth Grade Ninja, into a cat boy. I understood some of that. Um, is that a good way to figure out strategies for D&D, or no, are we just weird? Dice should have no place in D&D. I just... I, I, I had to Google... Randy Cunningham, Ninth Grade Ninja. It looks like a very weird show and gives me no further clarification about this question. Um, but I, I like the idea of just fully randomizing your RPG experience. Like, you come to a crossroads in the middle of the forest. I roll a d4. I like that because, like, presumably if you get a 1, you just turn around and go right back where you came from. Yeah, you get a one, end of game. Every ten minutes you've got to roll um, a willpower to keep going with the quest, otherwise you just give up and go home. I feel like depending on how well you're doing, the DC yeah. of that check changes. Like, you've just watched your friend die, it's like a DC 15. <laughs> you've just <laughs> successfully seduced someone, the DC is like three. I like the idea that like you can get over like all of your friends dying by just like strategic seduction. Look, the best way to get over someone is to get under someone. I did <laughs> that once. So back to the question: <laughs> Is that why bards are so st stereotypically horny? I don't know. I just heard that sentence once, and it stuck with me. We've given every bard a tragic backstory. It's D&D, everyone has a tragic backstory. Yeah, I guess it's to set the thing of, like, otherwise they just wouldn't go fight the dragon. Like, my current character didn't have a tragic backstory when the game started. But then they did die? Like, they came back, but I feel like... Dying counts as a tragic backstory. It does. Um, it is a tragic backstory that makes it a bit hard to do adventures, but... Like I said, they came back. They're just cursed now a little bit. Same. You know, face stuff happens. Um, but yeah, I... I think what intrigues me the most is... That you, this side character from a kids show was already in your game when you decided to do the coin flipping. And I assume it's just rolled, rolled partly to see who ends up in the game. Well, this is what I'm saying. Like, I think it's a good way to figure to figure it out because it sounds like you're having fun. Yeah, as as we said, if you are having fun, no matter what you are doing, all these opinions are Bob Papers specifically, then it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think, like, I think it's, um, what do I think? Paper, tell me my opinions. No. Like, yeah, I think I do like the idea of, 
Like, I feel like it can be useful in a legitimate sense, as opposed to sort of fucking around and finding out. Like, if, you know, you're at the point where it's been 20 minutes, you're still humming and hawing over what the correct decision is, it's probably a decent idea to just roll things rather than um, keep going. Uh, mm. keep Like, it's probably a useful way to break the kind of choice paralysis that sometimes happens in RPGs. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I feel it could also possibly work if you're doing kind of chaos beings or eldritch horrors or weird chaos stuff to make their actions a little more... Because it's hard to play something that's genuinely alien, sort of, by definition. I like that. Like, you you represent the ultimate chaos by just letting chance decide literally everything. Yeah. Or a cleric, and it's like, what does my god want me to do? Let's find out IRL. This does depend on your cleric's god being real, so, you know, that might lead to some controversy, but, yeah. I mean, it would be a fun way to play a divination wizard, I think. Yeah. Just, like, before every decision slips a coin like Two-Face. I'm getting back to the supervillains. Yeah. Uh, just have Two-Face as your GM. That would be an experience. 50% of the time, it goes great. Just combine everything from this episode by having Two-Face run your LARP game just completely randomly. By yourself. And also, you're the only player. I think what we invented here is Two-Face from Batman kidnaps you and forces you to be in his RPG campaign. But he has no friends, so it's just you. Well, like, have you seen the guy? I mean, he's he's one of the Batman villains I actually know anything about, so I'm assuming he's one of the worst ones. He has a tragic backstory, but it's all vaguely ableist. That sounds like a lot of supervillains. Yes, that's a coin. I hope you're, you're... like We're teaching people a lot of information for this episode. Uh, you know, should we, we end it before we accidentally do a public service? You know, you now know the basics of uh, Two Face from Batman. <laughs> um, Join our Patreon for more information on Batman villains. Did you know there's one called the Orca whose power is she looks kind of like a dolphin? Amazing, um, but we do have a Patreon. We it's, cannot promise Batman facts. It's patreon.com slash probably bad RPG ideas. <laughs> Uh, where you can get access to a Discord server where we sometimes do one-shots and talk nonsense about RPGs. You can get bonus episodes, you can get D&D homebrew, including a cowboy-themed ranger, in case you wanted to play the Lone Ranger. I have no regrets. Um, As well as short RPGs created by Pencil. And our editor, Nick. If you have a question, you can message Bad Probably on Twitter, Probably Bad RPG Ideas on Tumblr, or Probably Bad Podcast at gmail.com. We are incredibly easy to contact, it turns out. We are everywhere. So all that remains is to say, remember, remember to have, have a probably, probably bad, bad day. day.